Hello and welcome back to Whole and Complete Podcast. This is the podcast that provides resources on faith and wellness to help you live a whole and complete life. And I am your host, Dr. Shantae. So we are in a series right now. So we have started part one of the spiritual weight loss series. And so now we're going to get into the second part of that. And our guiding text from the previous part of this podcast series was Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And we are going to hold on to that. So we're going to circle back to that, that phrasing and the intentionality behind that scripture as we move further down into our episode. But today we are going to focus our attention on comfort food, changing our diet and a different kind of exercise. So just to recap, in our first episode in this series, we talked about spiritual obesity. And so I want to recap that definition for you just to bring everybody back to speed. And listen, if you are hearing this podcast, and this is the first episode that you've heard, this is a series-based podcast. And so this is part two of the series. And so what you want to do is make sure that you go back and listen to part one of this series so that you can connect those dots and put it all together to get the maximum benefit out of this series. So spiritual obesity is a spiritual condition characterized by the excessive accumulation of storage of emotional weight in the body. It is a chronic, meaning it is a persistent, relapsing, meaning it happens over and over again. So we have a tendency to do well and then we fall back into it. Multifactorial, many factors, neurobehavioral, mind and body disease, which results in intrapersonal, relational, and physical health consequences. And I said intrapersonal, meaning that it causes conflict within, not just with between people. That is interpersonal, but intrapersonal. So it also causes inner conflict. And I want you guys to be clear, the word disease, so I don't want you to think I'm just kind of throwing that around haphazardly, because even though I am a doctor, I'm not that kind of doctor. (laughs) Uh, I'm a doctor of education, but the word disease literally means a particular quality or a habit or a disposition that is regarded as adversely affecting a person. So anything that affects you negatively can be considered a disease. Okay. So whether that's a habit, whether that's a certain characteristic or a certain disposition, if it impacts a person or a group of people in a negative way, it can be considered or qualified or defined as a disease. And so that's what we're talking about. The disease of spiritual obesity. And when you have that, okay, we talked about this in the first episode, when you have all of that, it creates so much toxicity in the body and it makes it so hard to navigate life. And some of the things that we do when we're spiritually obese exacerbate the condition. And one of those things is comfort food, right? And this makes sense even in the physical realm, okay? So when we feel pain or stress or anxiety, we naturally seek ways to relieve it. That is human nature. When we're afraid or we feel shame or we are insecure, we naturally look for ways to feel safe or validated. And one of the ways that we do that, one of the ways that we seek comfort, one of the ways that we seek safety is in food, okay? We see comfort in people, we see comfort in food, and one of the biggest contributors to physical obesity is turning to food to deal with stressful emotions. Okay, so show of hands, how many of you have stress eaten in your life? Okay, my hand is up, okay? That's like the story of my life right now. 
And even when I stopped stress eating, because I'm a woman of a certain age, flips hair back and forth, uh, because I'm a woman of a certain age, these hormones, oh my gosh, is just crazy. I wish they had told me about this way back when, but I'm learning more and more each day, especially now that I have more time in quarantine and staying at home, which I hope most of you are. But back on topic, I have stress eaten for so many challenges in my life. Okay. And the thing about stress eating is that comfort food, whatever that is, whether it's ice cream or mashed potatoes or chips or whatever, it, it comforts us in the moment. Okay. It satiates us in the moment. It feels good in the moment. It takes the edge off in the moment, but with a capital B, the lasting impact puts us in worse shape than where we started. Ephesians 5.18, okay, hold on to this. It says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the spirit. So excessive indulgence and sensual pleasures, that's what debauchery is. And so here, this scripture, drinking in and of itself is not a sin. Don't let anybody tell you that because that is not what the Bible says. Again, I'm I can only speak for the book. And sometimes we go around saying things and quoting things and, and preaching things as gospel that are not in the book. So let me just say for the record, nowhere in the Bible does it say that drinking is a sin. However, okay, drinking in excess, it says don't get drunk on wine because it leads to debauchery, meaning it creates a desire for us to loosen our inhibition. So when we drink excessively, it's a gateway that alters our minds. That's one of the reasons why they call it wine and spirits because it changes our spirit. And so when our minds are altered, when our attitudes are altered, and then, you know, our circumstances because of our mind alteration leads to some other activities, then we try to blame it on the liquor and that's just, that's no. Okay, so that path will almost always lead to spiritual brokenness because we haven't addressed the core issue. So when you turn to food, when you turn to alcohol and then alcohol leads you to do some things or say some things or be with some people or what have you, it just kind of creates that gateway. It leaves us in worse shape than when we started. It leaves us spiritually broken because essentially while it might've taken the edge off, then it hasn't addressed the core issue. And sometimes for some of us, we wake up next to somebody and we're like, oh my gosh, why did I do that? And now we've added to the body count and we're going to have a whole series about sex. It's, I don't know if we're having it this season or next season, but trust, we're going to circle back on that issue. But it leaves us in worse shape because it doesn't address the core issue of why we turn to the food or why we turn to the alcohol in the first place. And so I'm going to challenge you in this episode what is your comfort food? Not physically. What is your spiritual or your emotional comfort food? What is that habit that you know is not healthy, but you run to it when you're overwhelmed with negative emotions? What is that lie that you tell yourself that you know is not true, but you keep telling it because it's more comfortable than the actual truth? What is that go-to method of self-sabotage that you know is destructive, but you keep doing it because it seems easier than actually sitting with your feelings? What is that thing or what is that person that you're addicted to, but you can't let go of them because you need that distraction from confronting your own issues? 
And when I'm telling you these things, this is what I mean by, by spiritual and emotional comfort food. Okay. These are things that we turn to in terms of our attitudes, our ways of thinking, our behaviors to keep us from having to deal with the core issues. And in doing so, we're continuing to add excessive weight. Uh, who is that person that you keep sleeping with knowing that they don't love you, knowing that they don't love God, but sex is your validation for worthiness and it becomes your comfort food. Lots of people, when they feel rejected or they feel ugly or they didn't get enough likes on their post or they didn't get enough compliments for the outfit that they wore and they thought that they were really feeling cute that day, the Notion of feeling cute and feeling validated in oneself isn't sufficient. And so they turn to other people and in terms of sex and sexual activities to get a stamp of validation because they're using sex as their lens of worthiness. And when you do that, that is becoming your emotional and your spiritual comfort food. Uh, who is that person that you keep running to trying to help them with their problems? so that you become too consumed to address your problems. Many of us find ourselves looking for projects to manage and people to fix because we're trying to distract ourselves from ourselves. So again, I ask you, what is your comfort food? And I'm telling you, this is not an exhaustive list, okay? You have to be honest with yourself. And I mean, and, and you know, and God knows, it's not for me to know and it's not for the, your friends and, and Sally next door to know, but you know what is that thing, that destructive thing, that unhealthy thing that you turn to in order to deal with, manage, navigate your unhealthy emotions. And I really can't underscore how toxic it is to eat this way. Okay, not physically, but how how toxic it is to eat this way because these things eat at your spirit. And this is not a judgment. Okay, let me be very clear on that. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short. Even King David from the Old Testament, the Bible describes David as a man after God's own heart. David loved God and God loved him, but David was not perfect. When he messed up, he didn't always fess up right away. He committed adultery. He committed murder. He was not father of the year by any stretch of the imagination, but he did love God. He kept a heart of repentance. And when he finally did confront his shortcomings, he learned from them and found grace in God's love and mercy. And we are no different. Now, granted, it may not be adultery and it may not be murder, but you know, all of us have done something that is less than who God has called us to be. And so this isn't a judgment. What this is, is a wake up call for us to begin to acknowledge these, as I say, in almost every series, these patterns in our lives so that we can recognize them and begin to make different choices. So if you eat junk food or snacks or processed food every now and then, it will have an impact, but not as much as if you make these things a regular part of your diet. For some people, it becomes their go-to. They're always reaching for the chips. They're always reaching for the ice cream. They're always reaching for the chocolate. They're always reaching for the carbs. They're always reaching for those things. And you know, if you do that every now and then, it will impact your blood sugar. It will spike it, you know, for a minute, for a day or so. But not as much as if you make this a regular part of your diet. That's when the pounds really start to, to come on. Likewise, these destructive comforts that we run to when we don't want to experience pain and hurt and rejection and loneliness and insecurity, when we don't want to have that difficult conversation, when we don't want to set those boundaries, when we don't want to admit that we need help, 
Those things that we're running to are going to pack on the spiritual pounds and move us further and further away from a whole and complete life. Remember the whole point of this podcast, the whole point of this podcast is to move you closer to God's will for your life. And that is that you would be whole and complete lacking nothing. Yes, you're going to have trials. Yes, you're going to have tribulations. Yes, you're going to have temptations. Yes, you're going to slip up. But James chapter one, which is the entire premise for this entire podcast says, James one, two, consider it pure joy, my brothers, or some versions say, count it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces patience allow patience to finish its work so that you may be whole and complete lacking nothing. And so when you come out of all of this, because hardship is a part of life, obstacles are a part of life, but it should produce something at the end of it. When you have chosen to trust God, when you have chosen to obey God, when you have chosen to turn away from the comfort food and instead turn to God, it should produce something in you, meaning that despite the trial, despite the obstacle, you are going to be better at the end of it than you were at the start of it. You are going to be whole and complete, lacking nothing, which brings us to diet change. So if we were talking about physical weight loss, we would definitely be having a conversation about diet. We'd be talking about swapping out the Twinkies and the honey buns for fruits and vegetables. But for spiritual weight loss to be effective, we have to change our thoughts. We have to change our behaviors. We have to adopt what is called a growth mindset. And this is a very popular term in academia. So growth mindset is a concept that was developed by a psychology professor named Carol Dweck. And her work was revolutionary because it shifted the way that we think about ourselves when we experience challenges or obstacles or setbacks or failures. And so she made a distinction between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. So for example, when we make mistakes, a fixed mindset would say, I'm so stupid, that's why I made this mistake. But a growth mindset says, I made a mistake, but that mistake is not who I am. Fixed mindset says, I am depressed. Growth mindset says, I feel depressed. So do you hear the distinction between those two things? So part of what contributes to our spiritual obesity is the way that we mentally process obstacles and challenges. And when we internalize them, we set ourselves down a path of self-destruction. So that means that you can act dumb and not be dumb. Acting dumb says this is an action that does not characterize the entirety of my identity. That is a growth mindset. So you can act dumb and not be dumb. You can make a mistake and not be a mistake. You can feel insecure and still be enough. You can be overweight and still be worthy of respect. You can be single and still be worthy of companionship. You can slip up and not have that be the entirety of your identity. And that's what we have to stop doing. Part of what contributes and compounds spiritual obesity. So, you know, when you go to the doctor and there's risk factors, right? And they say, 
do you, if you're already overweight, then they say things like, well, do you smoke? Do you drink? In other words, there are additional things that can compound the disease that can make it even worse than what it already is. And that thing that we tend to do is internalize. So when things go wrong, when things go astray, when we don't get the promotion or we don't get chosen for that special opportunity, we begin to turn inwardly and, and go inside and say, oh my gosh, I must not have been good enough or, or they're hating on me or, or something must be wrong. Mm -mm. Instead of saying, God must have a reason for this not manifesting right now. And yeah, it hurts in the moment and it stings in the moment, but God has a reason. And I'll give you a perfect example of this. So last year at my college, I applied for sabbatical and sabbatical is basically where you get a semester to a year off uh, from the college where you get to do your research and, or you get to work on a special project that's going to contribute to your professional development and then contribute to the college and the students as well. And so I applied for sabbatical for this semester, for this very spring that we're in right now. And that sabbatical was denied. And it, it was a shock to the system because never in my life have I applied for anything at that college and did not get it. And so I was, I mean, I was all in my feelings. I was all in my ego. Fast forward to today, baby, the whole college is on sabbatical. Meaning, do you know how hot like fish grease I would have been to have burned my one rare opportunity to have time away from the college to work on various projects and research interests and then come to find out that the entire faculty body was going to be given that same exact opportunity, which means that the whole faculty is on sabbatical and we all got that same benefit. Now, granted, it wasn't for a full semester because I think we have been off for about a couple of weeks now, maybe about 10 days we've been off at this point. But basically we're gonna be out for four or five weeks, possibly longer than that. So half the semester, so half of my sabbatical would have been burned up on an opportunity that would have been given to everybody else. And so at that time, while I was feeling some kind of way about it, fast forward to today and I'm so glad that I did not get granted sabbatical for this semester because guess what? I'm on sabbatical this semester. Hashtag Jesus be knowing, okay? So the point is what contributes to that spiritual obesity is had I gone from that situation and gone straight to my favorite restaurant or gone straight to the liquor store and got my favorite bottle of whatever or, you know, said I'm never gonna try for things again or, or this is how it is for people like me. And I mean, just we know all about the pity party and the pity poll. I mean, it's just such a sad operation, but all of that would have compounded the situation and would have packed on those pounds and what I thought about myself emotionally and spiritually, instead of just saying, okay, Lord, this hurts. Okay, Lord, this is disappointing, but I'm going to trust you because you can see further down the road than I can see. I am looking at today, but you are looking at tomorrow. And so I'm going to trust you. And then lo and behold, fast forward one year later, it was a blessing. It is a blessing that I did not get granted that opportunity because guess what? I still get to enjoy the benefits of that opportunity without having to sacrifice my one rare opportunity to get a sabbatical. Does that make sense? I hope it all makes sense. So mindset work. Part of what we have to do is shift our mindset. You are never, ever too broken to pray. You are never beyond the grace of God. That's why it's grace. 
the Bible says that the sun shines on the just and the unjust. So people that quote unquote deserve it and people that we think quote unquote don't deserve it. Everybody gets the same sunshine. Okay. So the grace of God is never too in short supply that it cannot reach us wherever we are. We are never only the worst mistake that we've ever made. So right now, and this is so dangerous, right now we live in this cancel culture, which means if somebody says something stupid or does something stupid or does something wrong or even does something illegal, we are so quick to say, oh, so-and-so is canceled or so-and-so is over or so-and-so is done. What? Really? Hmm. You know, I'm going to take you to Matthew 7, 1 and 2, which says, judge not lest ye be judged. And that's the one that everybody likes to quote. But you need to scoot on down to, to verse 2 because it says, with the same yardstick that you use to judge others, it will surely be measured back to you. We have to get out of this business of canceling people just because they make mistakes. Because if that was the yardstick, if that was the metric by which Jesus looked at us, we'd all be on our way to hell. Okay, so let's let's get out of, of that nobody is, is beyond the scope of redemption. I mean, there are some minor exceptions. Okay. And those are extreme cases, but for the most part, all of us are worthy of redemption and we can turn this around. Zechariah chapter one, verse three says, therefore tell the people, this is what the Lord almighty says. So this is old Testament. And anytime you see Lord in caps letters, especially in the old Testament, is specifically talking about Yahweh. So the God of Israel that, that redeemed Moses and them from the hand of Pharaoh. So anytime you see that, it's specifically talking to that person of God, Yahweh. And it says, this is what the Lord Yahweh Almighty says, return to me, declares the Lord Almighty, and I will return to you, declares the Lord Almighty. Three times he's saying by name. So just so that there's no confusion, I, God, the one who rescued you out of the hand of the Egyptians, if you return to me, I will return to you. And so personalize that. Now this, internalize that scripture. The same God that rescued you from insert situation that you are so glad to be delivered from, the same God that rescued you or delivered you from insert relationship that you are so glad not to have to be in anymore, the same God that redeemed you from insert job that you are so glad not to have to be working at anymore, the same God that did that for you is the same God that says, return to me and I will return to you. God is always ready for reconciliation. God is like peaches and herb reunited and it feels so good. He is always in the mood for that, for us to come back to him. But we allow things because we internalize our mistakes and our obstacles and our shortcomings. We allow things like shame and pride and anger and disappointment and disillusionment to keep us isolated. And that's just not God's will for our lives. In addition to that, we also have to think about in terms of our diet, we have to change what we consume. One of the reasons that we struggle is because we feast, we feast on a diet of social media and entertainment and books and magazines that dictate a set of standards that are impossible to reach unless you are rich, unless you are thin, unless you are promiscuous, unless you are in tip top shape, unless you are a certain race or a certain gender. If our emotional diet was a plate, what percentage of that plate 
is filled with these secular, worldly, unrealistic expectations and how much of that plate is filled with God's word and his will. Just like with physical obesity, okay? We have to be honest about what's on our plate and why it's there. So how much of your plate is filled with carbs and sugars and fats and and processed foods versus fruits and vegetables and things as they call clean eating? How much of our plate is filled with those things? It works the same way, which brings us to the cure. So this whole series has been leading up to, drum roll please, the the Jesus workout plan, not Kanye's workout plan, the Jesus workout plan, right? So if we're talking about physical obesity, we would definitely be having a conversation about not only a change in diet, but establishing an exercise regimen, right? But here's the thing, the cure for spiritual obesity is not exercise. And before I tell you what it is, I have to give you some spiritual disclaimers because I don't want you to be frustrated at the end of this podcast. So the first disclaimer is this. You cannot solve a spiritual problem with a worldly solution. Let me repeat that. You cannot solve a spiritual problem with a worldly or an earthly solution. It does not work that way. God does not work that way. Isaiah 55 verses eight and nine says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, declares the Lord, that capital letter, Lord, right? Yahweh. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. In other words, God is saying, you're not even on my level. You're not even on my level, so don't even try. It's a flex is what it is. And I love those moments in the Bible when God does that, when he flexes a little bit like, (laughs) Scoot on, scoot on, youngin, because you're not even on my level. And because we're not on his level, the way that we would normally think to get rid of our spiritual weight gain is not going to be the way that God approaches this. Having said that, how many times in your life have you thought that your blessing was going to come one way, but it came a completely different way in a way that you did not expect. So that's how, the, that's how the remedy for spiritual obesity is. Unlike physical obesity, it's not exercise. The cure for spiritual obesity is, wait for it, rest. No cap, <laughs> it's rest. So let's go back to that opening scripture. Come to me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Well, let's continue that. And I like the way that it it explains it in the message Bible verses 29 and 30. It says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you will recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. God is saying, I got this. I will be your trainer. I will show you how to build your faith muscle and you will feast on a diet of my promises. You will devour my word. And in doing so, not only will you lose spiritual weight, but you will find rest for your soul. Rest. 
I know that is such a hard and difficult concept to grasp. Right now, as we're in the midst of this global pandemic, people cannot seem to stay off the beaches and out of the restaurants unless it is a legal mandate or forced through law enforcement because people just cannot be, they just cannot sit, they just cannot rest. It's not in our nature. It's not part of our culture, but God continually from the old Testament all the way through the new Testament is pushing for us to rest, to calm down and trust him. 23rd Psalm first three verses. What does it say? The Lord capital letters is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Some versions say still waters. He restores my soul. God's plan for your life doesn't mean that you're never going to experience hardship or heartaches or setbacks or obstacles. But when you try to go through them alone, you are going to gain emotional weight. When you try to go through these things without him, you are going to pack on the pounds. When Joseph, okay, so in the book of Genesis, you remember Joseph with the coat of many colors, when Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers and was sent 5,278 miles from his home into Egypt, away from his family, away from everything he knew, the Bible said, but the Lord, capital letters, was with Joseph. When he was thrown in jail, the Lord was with Joseph. When the people that made promises to look after him forgot about him, the Bible says, and the Lord was with Joseph. Isaiah 30, 15 says, for thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength but you were unwilling. We have a natural tendency to want to do the complete opposite of what God asked us to do. We find it so hard to rest. We find it so hard to be still and just chill. Even in the midst of all of this craziness, people just find it so hard to just stop and just be. And so because we are stubborn and selfish and obstinate, we have been abusing the freedom that we get. Even when it's for our own good, we can't just be still. And when the children of Israel did this, they were in bondage for 400 years. I'm gonna tell you something. God loves us enough to let us do what we wanna do. He's, he's very fair in that regard. He's all about that sowing and reaping, meaning that if you sow seeds of obedience, you will eat the fruit of obedience. If you sow seeds of disobedience, you are going to reap the fruit of that. And so even right now, uh, people are looking at their pocketbooks and their stock portfolios, and they're putting all of these things in front of the things that are for our own best interest and our own health. And so I'm telling you, when Israel did this, because there's nothing new under the sun, it wasn't a global pandemic, but Israel had their own issues and their own battles that they fought with God because they just didn't want to listen to him. And so when they did that, they ended up in bondage for over 400 years. And so the cure for spiritual obesity is rest. God is our workout partner. Think about it like that. Okay. A partner, meaning he has a part and we have a part. The problem comes in when we try to do his part. Our part is to trust. 
our part is to pattern our lives to meet his expectations and no one else's. Our part is to accept how much he loves us without trying to analyze it or rationalize it. Our part is to believe how valuable we are to him. Our part is to seek him first, not to try to manufacture an outcome, not to worry, not to fix it ourselves. That is our part. And so the cure for spiritual obesity is to rest in God's promises, but you cannot even begin to scratch the surface of those promises if you have not spent time with him in his word. So one thing that I will say about a a number of silver linings in this global pandemic is that it has certainly given all of us an opportunity to slow down. Some of us cannot leave our homes. Uh, Some of us are not working as many hours. And one thing that we can't say that we don't have right now is quote unquote time. Oh, we have more time then we know what to do with. And so my question and my challenge to you is, is what are you going to do with that time? How are you going to go through this pandemic? Are you going to go through it kicking and screaming and fighting or are you going to come through it? Okay, are you going to come through it and ride the wave of God's word all the way through this ordeal? And as Americans, I don't think that we've seen how bad it's going to get. I think that, Uh, Because there was a lack of testing early on, we are really in the dark about how many cases there actually are out there. And so how are you going to go through that? Are you going to trust? Are you going to, to rest? Are you going to give your anxieties to God? Or are you going to fight kicking, clawing, screaming, and doing your own thing? We always have a choice in how we respond to these obstacles. And I would submit to you that the way that we have been responding has created so much emotional weight and baggage that it has allowed so many of us to become spiritually obese, but we can change that and we can change it today. So that is it for my part. As you know, in the next episode in this series, we are going to invite the psychological community into this conversations. And we're going to talk about triggers, insecurities, emotional baggage, and how to lighten that load in practical ways. And so if you found value in this podcast, you found value in this series, please take the time to rate it, to review it, to recommend it, because it is helping the podcast to grow. I know that these are trying times and this is a perfect opportunity to either gain some spiritual weight or to lose some spiritual weight by the way that we choose to come through this or go through this trusting in God or trusting in ourselves. The choice is yours today. So that is it. And I will see you on the next episode. If you have any questions, comments, takeaways, hit me up at Dr. Shante says on Twitter, on Instagram, or use whole and complete the hashtag whole and complete for any of your messages that you want me to see. And I will see you next time.